Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Welcome to another episode of Inside the Firm. My name is Al Grammer Gore. I am here with Lance Graham Cracker Psycho. He's, he's brown. Sweet. He's golden. He's and sweet. sweet. Yeah. Uh, if if you want to be as good as grammar as I am at Revit. Wow. Take a look at RevitRocketship.com. Bold statement. <laughs> That's what I mean. Take a look at RevitRocketship.com. It will uh, put a booster rocket ships, booster engines. I had to explain to my wife. There was a movie. I'm sorry to go off script. It's here. all right. It's you'll, hey, Moonfall. Right? Yeah. So you'll see an, uh, a problem with the rocket, and one of the booster engines go, goes out on uh-huh. the side of the, the old, like, uh, what were they called? Uh, Discovery and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Those are solid rocket boosters. Once they're lit, they do not unlight whatsoever they burn out like a candle if you want those boosters on yourself for revit go to revitrocketship.com where yours truly teaches you how to design model detail and produce drawings that will increase your responsibility hopefully increase your reward revitrocketship.com uh with project conditions changing and limited time to get things done it's good to have information at your fingertips arcat.com provides architects engineers spec writers and contractors with the most comprehensive libraries of building product content and design so you can access it quickly and efficiently even better my favorite part arcat.com is free to use requires no registration no data mining so visit today and access the information you need now that's a r c a t dot com Last but certainly not least, I'm I'm repping it, the luxury division of Pella, a world-class collection of brands brought together to provide window and door solutions to the billing industry and beyond. Duratherm and Riley are the true pioneers of industry. They are doing what no one else has done, building and designing beyond the status quo. These brands do not push beyond the limits. They set them. Explore PellaLuxury.com forward slash the firm. That's PellaLuxury.com forward slash the firm today to learn more about the wonderful products over at Pella Luxury. What do we got next? We okay. got me. Hey, Lance. So, Graham Cracker. It's Graham Cracker. <laughs> so uh, last week, um, we had sort of a teaser, a little Monday morning, a little your shot of Monday morning coffee. On, on the podcast, on the Friday show, uh, our, uh, the shot was with Tyler Suomala, and he is going to be uh, a, a featured guest on the November 7th show. We're recording this today, October 14th. Stay tuned for that one. Subscribe to it. It's a, there's a premiere set on YouTube if you want to watch on YouTube about it. But he brought up, um, and we did sort of an exercise, and then Alex and I uh, pre-workshopped it last week's episode, but then we thought about it further and re- thought about how we can actually come up with, we, th- we think for us, it's about coming up with transformational statements for sort of the three categories of business uh, architecture work that we usually target, which is single family, multifamily, and then commercial. 
And uh, then we got with our marketing team and we started talking about the next kind of strategy. The last episode, which piggybacking on top of this is, and the title of this episode is how to workshop compelling and effective Google ads. And so I'm kind of packaging that all together. So what I did this morning is uh, I workshopped on my end of it and I wanted to present these to Al. So everybody who's listening at home or wherever you're at, you, you could do this as well, right? Um, let's say let's say your focus is just single family. We'll start with that, okay? Um, so I basically, uh, up on the screen here, I've got pulled up um, how we workshop this. I did. Uh. So I started with single family and there's three questions that you basically need to ask yourself. First one is, Who's your ideal single family client? Second one is, what is the outcome slash product? Third is, what makes you different? And so um, this actually took a lot of writing and then uh, reworking the writing and, and all of that. Uh, so let's start with number, let's go back to number one. Who's your, single, who's your ideal single family client? And then a little note you need to make to yourself is, make sure there's an adjective before the noun to make it specific. So for us, the shortest, most fat I could cut out of this was, an affluent family. That's who can afford our services typically, right? Okay. The second one is what's the outcome slash product? And then again, the note is using a specific adjective, i.e. modern home, sustainable design, unique residence, etc. For us, I said a modern home. So what's, a, what's, who's our, who's our ideal family, who's our ideal single family client? An affluent family. Uh, what's the outcome and product that we develop, the deliver usually? A modern home. Um, and then what is, uh, the third one is what makes you different? In other words, what, what do your clients love most about working with you? So what I said is our clients love effective communication skills and stress-free streamlined approach to design. Then you take all these three and piece them together. And here's what I came up with for what I would consider like a, a good draft at this first copy. We design modern homes for affluent families using our effective communication skills and stress-free, streamlined approach. Thoughts, Mr. Gore? Okay. Um, I like that it's broken down. And what I would say to anyone that's listening, and also to Lance, but he probably already knows this, is <clears throat> workshop it, meaning put something out there and then iterate. Mm -hmm. Part of the design process is to iterate, iterate, iterate. I think you already did the first two levels of iteration, uh, writing it down and then condensing it. Now I'll have input, another iteration. Lance will have input, another iteration. Then we'll probably come together to some final thing. And then Aaron will have something to say about it. And then that will be the final project. Right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So my, uh, um, Reaction? No, no, no. What do you, addition, um, contribution to this? Yeah. I think it's correctly stated. I think you are correct that it's affluent families, but people don't view themselves as that. So they're not gonna, they're gonna be like, what? I'm not affluent. You know, like, especially, I mean, you drive by these uh, veil, all these other people. You, that's what they That's think. affluence. That's, yep, yep. Aspen is affluence. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. But even if it's true that they are, you know what I mean? Like it just, who do you compare yourself to? Right? So think about this. I'll put a word out there, a growing family. Right. And that's what we had before. Yep. Okay. You could also, here's the thing. You, growing in money, growing in size, growing in needs, growing in, in all sorts of different ways. Yeah. So, so here, I think for me, here's what the crux of the issue is. 
I like that there's, I get why you'd want an adjective before the noun, because an adjective really condenses it and points to exactly who is hiring you, right? Yep. Or, or it just, there's a, it's, very, it's very specific. Let's say you took out the word affluent. And let me read this back to you then. Okay, okay. So now, what if it changes to, we design modern homes for families using our effective communication skills and stress-free, streamlined approach. I like What that. is wrong with that? Because that's what I struggle with too, Al. I'm telling you. First, first it was a growing family. That was last week. Yeah. Then it was, and like, what if they're not growing? What if it is, look, Eastwatch is an excellent example. That was just a couple who is never going to have children. Yes, exactly. What the, retirees. Retirees. Like, are you still a family? Absolutely. Like, me and my wife, after the, our kids are going to be gone out of the house in, in literally four years. We'll have the last one out. Are we still a family? Yeah. It's like, yep. we're still, it's still me and my wife. We're a little family. So, so then, then I, then I said like, uh, the next iteration that you didn't see out that was behind the scenes this morning at like 5am was, um, a, uh, high earner, high earning family, you know, or like middle-class family, you know, even trying to get a little bit more generic. And it's like, what do you think about if it's just families? Yeah. Um, I like that. I think that the style up in the right direction until we find something else. Don't let good be the enemy of perfect. Yeah. Okay. Could you do something for me? Because this is just stressing me out. What? And you can change it later. <laughs> you know where you have your one, two, and three? Yeah. The things beside it, indent it. Like the things under it. Oh, I see what you mean. Just do a little tab like this. Tab. Yep. You like because that. then I can differentiate You like visually. that? Is that Thank what you, you needed? That's what I needed. Okay. I needed that so much. And if you're watching you on YouTube, I hope you're also going like screaming at the screen. Thank you, Al. <laughs> I'm so happy. Yeah, I'm so I can happy. Do that. Um, Keep going. Okay. So redefine. Yep. Okay. Now, Lance, help me workshop this one. Okay. We have craftsman house. We have farmhouses. We have undefined. I have houses. a word. I have a word. If you're Thank open you. to it. What's your word? Custom. Yes. Can we change this right now? Yeah, we can do that. Let's do. Okay. First of all, what are we? What are we on agreement on about the family part? Just put a blank. Just I, we a blank. I think just a family. Yep. But I would put a blank in there in case something comes oh, up. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, we're gonna put in. We're gonna. Yep. We're gonna workshop this. Yep. So a blank family. <laughs> yep. And then uh, we designed custom. Yep. Custom. Custom homes. And then we can re-blank this part down here, which is I'm taking out affluent again for blank. Okay. So the only thing I would say then to using <clears throat> our stress-free streamlined approach, I think you could even condense it down because effective communication is stress-free and streamlined. It's not bad. I know. I, I did have it like this originally. Yep. And... Could you pull something up? Go to the go to the on the line, please. On the line, coming up. Go to som.com. Or S whatever their hopefully SOM has their own name. <laughs> you know what? Let's stop that because who knows what it's gonna come up. So S O M architecture. Architects. It's probably actually Skidmore only. It is SOM.com. Okay. Yep. Okay. Go to expertise. Got it. Now, uh, yep, click on any one of them. Let's do uh, airports. 
Or let's do, they have residential. Go back to residential. Oh, did they really? Yep. Expertise. So this is kind of what we're talking about. Oh, yep. Scroll down. Scroll down. This is fine too. Then now they have pictures of it. This is how our page will be. They have residential somewhere in here. There it is. There you go. So this is what, um, we, we could do something similar, but we're just like literally making in this blank space. <laughs> that's where we'd put this that statement. statement. Yep. 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 Okay. Now go back to your outline. Okay. Back to the outline. Whoops. Back to this outline. Yep. We design custom homes for families. Using our stress-free yeah. streamlined approach. Yep. I now, now, um, what about the custom homes? Like great customer homes, like I, I get why they why modern was there. You know what I mean? Like what's the what's the benefit of us with yeah. this statement? Yeah, is there anything does there need to be anything unique about it? Or is it just like the blank statement so people know? We design custom homes. Well, what if you did it this way, right? So like now if you're, th so like, okay. The the whole idea with titling this episode was like, uh, what did I say is the title again? One second. How to workshop compelling and effective Google ads. You only have, uh, so you have, what you used to have to do was you only had 90 characters for your description of your Google ad. Yep. So like the heading would be like uh, Colorado architects. And then it would be, then the tagline slash the description 90 characters or less would be, we design custom homes for families using our stress-free, streamlined approach. Then, and so just, just so everybody knows, what that ends up being is, and I'm going to count the blank in here. Um, it doesn't really matter. If I go to a word count, 87 characters. See what I mean? So then you, then, then you can actually, in the Google ad, you can add another. They added this in 2020 or something like this. I looked it up today before the show. Yep. You can add another 90-character thing. What I'm getting at is like, Let's say in the Google ad, you wanted to add something else because your question was like, was it why or I don't know. Like, like what can we add? To is there anything better than custom homes? I see. Yeah. Okay. But, the, but what I'm getting at is like, okay, should the second 90 character line go expand on that? What about if you go to the web page? Should it, should there be a little bit more ex, 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 you know of explaining like custom homes custom homes include blah 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 uh, and then it expands a little bit about like what here's why our our streamlined approach is stress free. Yep, I'll give you one thing that maybe I'm looking for, and then we can move on to the next one because this is a process. And yeah. that's what we're getting to. Um, K A A Y interviewed, which will be great. They design biophilic homes, biophilic. Uh, connecting with nature and all that. These guys? And, yep. And as you can see, I don't even know if they state it. I just know it's in their book. I know what we talked about. Scroll yeah. down. See if they stay, say it like this. Um, and, 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 and this then connects everything that they talk about. What What's weave is a word that's on there and talking about weaving with nature. Sculpt. Sculpting it, right? Sculpting it with, with nature um, and all that. Uh, and then it, it uh, reveal exposing the elements of a home. Uh, so it is its own design filter, essentially. And maybe this is more like the residential page that we want. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just mm -hmm. with these bold points and stuff like that. Um, 
because none of the houses are exactly the same. They're just all this high quality um, approaches, modern, yeah, stuff like that. So um, that's just something for other people to think about and for us to think about. Okay. Okay. Next okay. One. Let's go on to multifamily. So I, I just changed some words around. Who Who's your ideal multifamily client? Again, make sure there's an adjective before the noun. This one, I feel a little bit more strong about the adjective and, and keeping it. So my answer was an experienced developer. Yep. So to expand on a little bit is we've worked with an experienced developers and we've worked with experienced developers. An experienced developer, first of all, their expectations are set in the right way. They know what they're up against to get through their get their project through the city. Uh, Al just did a presentation with an experienced developer in the city in Longmont, Colorado, where where we have a big development uh, we're working on. You could see why it made a giant difference of why it was so important to have an experienced developer on board, the way he was interacting with the public, the way he was trying to reassure the public, the way and, and his expectations and flexibility mm-hmm. with having to flex the project. Yep. Okay. Number two, what's the outcome slash product? Again, using specific adjectives, blah, blah, blah. My answer was a modern multifamily development. We could, you could again say custom if you wanted to, right? Yep. Or just a multifamily development. Um, but the adjective again, like, are yep. we getting, I guess you could say the adjective would be you if you if you got rid of modern you could say the adjective is multifamily, because okay. you're just describing development which is a noun, right? Yeah. Number three, what makes you different? Um, and then what I said is our clients love our effective communication and complex problem skill solving skills. The reason I shifted over to that was multifamily and these larger developments require they absolutely require number one complex problem solving solving skills it is much harder it is much more complex of a problem to do a multifamily than a single family yeah there's way more pieces involved from all the way from this all the way from like uh the sub consultants down to the developer to the codes it's just much more so you have to have complex problem skills and then effective communication is absolutely necessary to, in order to get those problems solved which are complex yeah so the conclusion was, we designed modern multifamily developments for experienced developers using our effective communication and complex problem-solving skills. I actually love it. I only have one small change. Okay. And I'll tell you why I'm okay with modern in this example. Ooh, <laughs> now he's okay. The essence of all of our projects that we've done are modern in the sense of like these townhome projects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the desi- like yeah. if it's not modern, it's modern farmhouse. There's another one that we're doing. It's craftsman. But the what we're doing to the insides is actually modern. Like we have a um, office space, like we have bedrooms and then we don't have a bedroom that can just be used as an office space. We have like a a seven by six area that can't even probably be classified as a bedroom. That is just an office piece that fits in the right place. Things we wouldn't have done before the pandemic, you know, Um, the way that we do the stairs and the outside and the push and pull, like these are, even if it's craftsmen, it's still modern craftsmen what we're doing. Yeah. <clears throat> so the developments and then experienced developers is too much D's in, in my head. So I would just change it to we design multifamily projects for experienced developers. Multifamily projects. Oh, we design I, multifamily projects. A for modern. So it would change from development. A, mul- a modern multifamily project. Yep. Now. Now. Yep. When you put it there, just read it. And I think it just sounds better. Okay. 
So now the conclusion is we design multi we design modern multifamily projects for experienced developers using our effective communication and complex problem solving skills. I like that too. Bam. Okay, we got to yeah. The single family one it's interesting we're getting hung up on that. I I'm with you though because like I don't want to do just modern houses. I actually I actually like traditional and I like even uh, again if, if somebody's listening and they're like hey I want you to do a pure brick house please call me because I want to do that once in my life. Yeah. Okay, third one is commercial. Who's your ideal commercial client? Well, I said an experienced business owner. This this again is pointing back to the developer the the what I was saying about the experienced developers is if you're an experienced business owner you you're, you're prepared mentally for what you're trying to do. It is very, very hard to start a business. Uh, it is very, very hard to not only start a business, and I'm not, I don't mean just the filing of the paperwork, but the capital, the, the time investment. And then it is also very hard to make sure that it, it, is, it is going to continue the first seven years, most businesses failed, all that kind of stuff. Second one was, what's the outcome slash product? A custom commercial project. Third one, our, um, why do your clients love, what do your clients love most, worst working, most about working with you? Our clients love effective communication skills and stress-free streamlined approach to design. As a whole, we design custom commercial projects for experienced business owners using our effective communication skills and stress-free streamlined approach. I like it. You like that one? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think it's, I think it's just back down to the, to the single family again. And, 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 the only thing that's catching me is because we're so nuanced in that area. Like we have so many different nuanced projects yeah. from stuff like that. Um, so yeah, that's what's getting me. Yeah. All right. What do you got? Okay. I have a couple warnings and then maybe a piece of good news. Uh, let me, my computer went to sleep. The there good we go. The good news inflation. Okay. I'll okay. Sure, this sure, is sure. from September 30th, which is not, too long ago okay this is uh twitter cassandra which is michael j berry um who was the main uh character in um what's that movie lance berry the uh the financial crisis movie that had that great actor in it leo no no uh the big short oh yeah okay yep the big short right <clears throat> okay here's what he said uh just about a week ago or two weeks ago this morning, there were still 218 primary stock listings in the United States with a market cap of over $1 billion and an EBITDA, which is earnings before tax, all that nonsense, less than negative $100 million. 29 of them had market caps over $10 billion, totaling $655 billion. Saying it again, all, in all caps, the silliness must be go wow so if you're gonna have a value a market cap of 100 billion even if you're at the stock market like your your valuation should still be in, in the positive um if you're using eight or ten which is kind of low you should still be making 100 your ebitda should be 100 million plus not 100 million negative second thing i was just talking to a developer mm -hmm. yesterday october 13th and He's, he was asking me some questions about uh, fire rules for this specific city. He said, I'm one of the last still, uh, people still interested in deals. 
And I, I wasn't even expecting that offhanded comment because I know from this developer, um, I was talking to him, who knows, six months ago, years ago. And uh, I said, how do you like, how do you find land deals, blah, blah, blah. He goes, oh, there's not a, you know, mid to major land deal that goes through in the state that I'm not aware of. He, he goes, it's always brought to my desk. I let people know. I look at every one of those mid to major land deals. So how much of a warning is that? Saying I'm one of the last people still interested in deals. Oof. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, <clears throat> so we'll get to how to react to that. But the good news, everyone is upset at the Fed that inflation is still at 8%. 8.2%, just so everybody knows, it rose 0.4% year over year, basically from October of last last year to this year. And that's why it's ticking. It's still ticking up despite the right the rate increases from the Fed, which are right now the the rate is three to three point two five percent. Yep. Um, what I think they should be selling because I think it's somewhat true is, hey, if we weren't doing this, I know it's eight percent, eight percent, eight percent. It should have went from eight percent to twelve percent, twelve percent to fourteen percent, fourteen percent to sixteen percent. These measures are working. And this is obviously acknowledging the silly game that the Fed plays. But in their silly game that they play, like think about all the money that they printed. Mm-hmm. These numbers should be at 15, 16, 17, Pepsi 18. Pepsi reported uh, 17% year over year. Yep. And the only reason why I don't think they're saying that is because they said, well, if you're saying that now, why did you tell us it was transitory? You know what I mean? Like if you're predicting sure. that it would. But the truth is they probably should be that high. If the Fed wasn't doing their stuff, it probably would have continued to skyrocket. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, so how to react to this? Well, one, one thing: did you know? Did you know that every single time, and there's 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 been a few instances of this, that I read this. It's true uh, that every time that inflation goes over five percent, the only way they have ever tamped it down, using their monetary policy, their their MMT at this point, you know. Mm-hmm is that uh, they have increased rates to be over the 5%. It's the only way. So if that holds true, then you have at least five basis points to ratchet it up if, 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 if this is the same. And one question I want to differentiate. Does, the Fed is only the prime loan lender. Does the, inter, does the um, interest rates on actual loans, which are about three points higher, is that what has to be higher than five or the base? The base. The base. Yeah. So I, I wrote... Well, in the uh, in the 80s and the 90s, it was 16% interest rate. The yeah. Fed went up to. The Fed. Yeah. 70s, uh, you mean, right? 80, late, early 80s, late 70s. No? There was another time in the... In the 90s? Anyways, uh, doesn't matter. <laughs> if it, it doesn't matter the specific time. Yep. Yep. So that's a fact. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Now I want to give you a framework and Lance, we can workshop this, but I'm going to use generic numbers for people, right? About when you should decide to grow mean higher and when you should retract mean lower, basically what you're spending on. And that might even be on your, uh, personnel Mm -hmm. as well. Right? So I'm basically, if you want to grow, you need to have a, 
uh, good understanding of your backlog. And Lance and I are putting this together. I'm starting to add in uh, projects that we're already doing, meaning how much accessible projects in dollars amount do you have that you can actually execute on, right? So imagine for a month making up numbers that um, your firm needs 100K to, to survive, right? And your accessible backlog is 120. Oh, great. That means, you know, um, that's a little bit more, but if you could essentially get execute that work with a 20% profit, right? What can you actually accomplish, right? Um, and, and here's a nuance. Like, let's say you could bill at a 120, right? Um, but it only costs you 100 to do all that work. Now you're 20% profit, right? So what is your backlog? And if it exceeds that, let's just say 120, mm -hmm. for over three months, by the second month, you should be, hey, in this third month, should we pull the trigger to start looking for someone? And what's that number? Is that number, um, for us, it might be, if, if you get to a certain size, if that exceeds by what it costs you to have a person, meaning not only their wages, but all their overheads, let's pretend it's 10K. So let's say your backlog for three months is steady at 130. Well, you could execute that. Uh, and, and let's say it, it's it's 8K per person. So then you have a 20% profit. Like, oh, why aren't we taking advantage of this extra 10K we could bill out a month? Mm. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. Yep. Um, so basically in week two, um, in month two, you should say, let's start planning. Do we have an updated job description? Do we know where we're going to do stuff? Maybe then in, in, in month two, after the midterm week, you can actually turn it on because it will start to get people, you know, interested. And that's actually kind of like a slow approach. Yeah. If you think about that, that's three months. And then at, probably at the end of the fourth month, you'd actually hire, right? Mm -hmm. um, just because it takes people time to do the interviews and do things like that. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's one strategy. How do you go the other way? How do you go the other way? <clears throat> Let's say you need a hundred K again to run your firm. Let's say you go down and you're only billing out 90 and let's say it's 10 K per person. And you do that for three months. The first month you should have an eye on it. You should be like, wait, is this just an anomaly? Maybe it's the summer. Everyone goes on vacation. Maybe it's winter and everyone's uh, on, on holiday break or something like that, right? The second month, this is how you should make it real for you. Who are you going to lay off if you've already cut expenses? Like, what is the name of that person? Mm. Because that's going to light a fire in your butt and be like, maybe I should get more work. Maybe we should be, you know, maybe we should build it out. Like, what's the name of that person? That's huge. And then the third month, you need to decide if this is a trend that's going to continue or not. Yeah. That seems like a very, even though the, the complexity to get there is, you know, it takes a lot of time and effort. But I like that approach on both ends of it because at least you're trying to forecast into the future a little bit. Yep. Yep. At a, with a methodical approach. And that means you should easily have in your bank account enough for three months at whatever you determine is that. 10k is that 20k you know whatever your metrics is going to be so that you can weather that so it's just not like an immediate oh this this month we lost 10k we have to fire someone no you can't yeah. do that you yeah. know yeah. you have to base it off of trends yeah well speaking of the future our good friend marcus aurelius 
coming back to the show, doing a little read for us. Right? Love it. He identifies as a ghost. <laughs> Never let the future disturb you. You will meet it, if you have to, with the same weapons of reason which today arm you against the present. Just the wordsmithness of all of this. We, we lost that. Because in, at night, instead of conversating and then getting clout through that way, we watch Netflix. Guilty. Yeah. Guilty. 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 What do we got next, Al? Uh, ARE Jeopardy. Let's bring down the team. <laughs> Question number one. Typically, at what building height in feet are aerial, fire aerial apparatus roads required? Is it A, 15 feet, B, 25 feet, C, 30 feet, D, 50 feet? At, typically, at what building height in feet are fire aerial apparatus roads require? What do we got? B, C, it is 30 feet. 30 feet. Question number two, if a 26-foot-wide aerial apparatus road is required because your building is over 30 feet, the proximity to the building must be located not less than blank feet and, I wrote this wrong, and not farther than blank feet from the road. So the first one, it's going to be two parts, is you can't be closer than this amount. And the second number is you can't be farther away. You're building from that 26-foot road, from edge, can't be closer than how many feet or farther away from uh, by how many feet. Is it A, 15, 30? Is it B, 15, 25? Is it C, 12, 24? Or is it D, 15, 50? The correct answer is A, 15.30. What do we got for scores? One, 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 and one. Number three, this type of easement is used when it is required for two private owners to use a strip of land between two houses which has a property line running in the center. Is it A, joint easement, B, party wall easement, C, condemnation easement, D, historic facade easement? Wow, Jason on the... You went A? You went A? Correct. The correct answer is A. Okay. Two to two. Number four. This type of easement is an easement for public good, as in the case where required for a street highway, railroad right-of-way, or for a telephone or electric power line. Is it A, joint easement, B, party wall easement, C, condemnation easement, D, historic facade easement. I see your face over there, Tyler. A little surprised. The correct answer C. We're tied 3 3. Good thing we got that tiebreaker. Greshitect? Greshitect coming up to the plate here. Um, is this just one write down? Eat the mic. All right. So whoever writes this down first. Yep. Um, the AIA's B series contracts are a series of agreements between what two parties? Yep. Whoa! Where are we eating, sir? 
Lucille. Lucille. There we go. Take us out. All right. If you like this episode, you know what to do. If you're watching on the YouTube, please like, subscribe, leave us a positive comment. If you're listening on terrestrially, the iTunes, the SoundCloud, whatever, make sure you leave us a five-star review. We'll see you next week.